Before we started this week's show, we wanted to take a quick moment and pause and dedicate this episode to my brother, Chad. Four years ago today, we lost you and we will still never forget you. This one's for you, man. Whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene On Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. All right, the waveforms are lit. That means we've got another episode of Scene On Screen podcast. It's myself, Sean, and my good friend, David. David, how are you, man? Yo, I'm... I'm just peachy, as I've been saying for the last week at work. Is this just your new thing? Like you're not? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like when things are just all right, but you're just you're just kind of getting by. <laughs> They're coming up, Millhouse and or David. Yeah, that's right. Everything's coming up, David. It's been, so, been a pretty interesting week. We yeah, have a been, lot of announcements you- from Disney, which is why we're here. I think uh, we've we've postponed our game of the year stuff. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run that stuff next week for you guys. But we figured too big of a news. Yeah, so big that we needed a third person to carry the load. You guys know him from Nintendo Quest and Action Figure Adventures. It's friend of the show, Jay Bartlett. Jay, how the hell are you, man? What's up, boys? Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm anxious for this year to end, as we all are, and uh, hopefully we you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. So thanks for having me. Yeah. This has been the longest, shortest year ever. You know, it's like it, it's been a four month year. We had yeah, January, January, February, quarantine, and then December. So, <laughs> and it's like a weird December too, because like, if you recall, everybody in October was, was like, if we stop part, like doing things now, we might get Halloween. And then it was just like November 1st. They were like, we're not getting Christmas. <laughs> it was just like flattened out it's a real shame around the world i guess except new zealand who they're apparently covid free did you guys hear that really the entire country entire new zealand is free so obviously you can't go there right i mean you can't travel there so they're they're living like it's you know last year so good for them wow i never thought i wanted to be a new zealander until now no kidding (laughs) i was a new zealander for like a few hours once i changed my my phone's location so I could play Pokemon go a day early. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it, was, it was New Zealand. And I'll never forget that. But- we, all, we all want to get out there. We all want to go to concerts and go game shopping and do the things that we do and see our friends. But it's, it's the, the bad people that don't listen and they just do what they want. And that's unfortunately why we're still in this spot. We are. Yeah. I uh, actually saw someone, one of my, uh, an extended family member had posted a question about uh, what, because so for people who don't know, London has gone to red zone. So we're pretty much limited to five or less people in your like gatherings of five or less people, unless your family is like six or seven, that's okay. Um, and just greater restrictions in general. But uh, one of my extended family members had wrote, posted a question kind of trying to clarify, you know, the the limitation so someone else posted a comment saying don't let the the government dictate who your family is essentially <laughs> saying you know if you want to go and visit people on christmas go visit people on christmas and i just commented this is why we're in the red zone 
it's people like that that don't understand. And actually, I've had a great time over the last uh, few months. <clears throat> I found out that one of uh, my past co-workers is like a hardcore anti-masker anti-vaxxer and so they're always sharing all of this stuff on instagram and facebook saying like you know just go out and do your own thing and i'm like wow this is <laughs> this is gold but this is why we're not getting any better so uh, i i just gotta say one thing i you know what guys i don't talk about my political views ever so this is a, a rare treat for you this is this is how i see it you have two candidates running for the presidency, right? They can't agree on anything, the two, right? Fair to say? Yeah. Yep. So you're telling me that every single person, every every piece of government on the planet at the exact same time decided to do this. <laughs> every Every government in every country on the planet at the same time, when two people running against each other in one country can't even agree. Give me a break. Yeah. It's oh, I know. It's yeah. And, and the funny thing is though, is like, if you were to get into an argument over someone who believes that they have an answer for everything. Oh I mean, yeah. Like it's, it's so I actually was watching, this was a, a little while ago. I was watching this movie. Uh, it was, it's actually pretty good. I forget what it's called though. It's about like the Russian Apollo 13 or whatever it was. It's on uh, prime video. It's in Russian. So I'm watching this movie with subtitles on meanwhile having an argument or like just kind of pushing buttons for this one person <laughs> and i missed the entire movie because this stupid oh. person had so many good arguments good right i'm doing air quotations right but yeah it was just like Sorry, that, was, that was just great entertainment in itself like because they'd stop the conversation once they couldn't finish once they kind of got stuck They'd always tell me like, oh, I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm done. I'm not having this conversation. And then, and then I just start the timer and it's like five minutes later, another message. But yeah, I'll, I'll miss those conversations once we're kind of free to live like we were back in January of last year. I mean, it's, it's funny. You would really think that something that is a global pandemic, I mean, it is a global pandemic, but I mean, that it affects everybody the same way. That it Except would be for like, people in New Zealand. Yeah, you think it'd be like <laughs> we are the world and all that stuff, right? Where we're all banding together to to survive, but it's literally the opposite. Yeah, you learn a lot about people in 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 these times. So I okay. under, I understand the Walking Dead much more now because it's kind of feels like man. That's it so really true. Yeah. That's so true. It was uh, you're like looking down the highway and you're like, okay, so that would be Alexandria, yeah. and you're just kind of like looking around and hoping. No, uh, I, I was just gonna say that, like, when it comes to this kind of like situation that we're all in, like, when you look at like all the countries in general, it's so hard to like coordinate regular meetings between all of our governments. So you think they like coordinated this on a global scale? No, no, they didn't. People have got so used to their cushy Western civilization lifestyle that the second they're told, no, they act like spoiled brats. Yeah. No, you can't go to the movie theater. Oh, don't you tell me what to do. And then I was like, come on, man. I'm not trying to tell you what to do to control you. I'm trying to do it you know, to save people. So yeah. <laughs> we being, told this to, thing. being told to wear a mask in public is no different than being told to wear a seatbelt when you're driving your car or not drink and drive or, you know, whatever basic laws that people have been following for the last, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. decade, right? <laughs> Century. So but David, we should remember we're not a political show. We are no, a we're a show not. about entertainment and entertainment is what we will bring. 
So the other day, Disney, in its Mighty Mouse fashion, had a investor's um, showcase. And they showed off a lot of Marvel and Star Wars property that I know got a lot of people, especially the three of us here on this uh, this podcast, very excited for some of the properties. So uh, what I'd like to do is just go through a list of them and then uh, you guys can tell me all about how Star Wars is either better or worse. <laughs> um, but let's start off with Marvel just because I think it's a little bit more of a, a question of has Kevin Feige and the team run out of new material and ideas? Because a lot of the Disney Plus series that you're seeing release now are just spinoffs of other series that have happened, and they're recycling actors to burn their contracts faster, one would assume. Mm-hmm. You have like The Secret Invasion starring Samuel L. Jackson, um, Ironheart, which is rumored to have Robert Downey Jr., as well as Dominique Thorne, and Armor Wars, which stars Don Cheadle as War Machine. These aren't really sounding like original ideas anymore. You know that Ironheart is going to be part of that the female movement, which is going to start or kick off with Thor Love and Thunder, and She-Hulk is going to be following it as well. So I guess the question I'm asking you first is, or you guys first, is do you think with the properties that Marvel announced, because we knew a lot of them were coming, is it more just repetition and trying to get the most out of every asset? Or do you think they're trying to appeal to smaller demographics and hoping that some of these characters can become more household names? Um, let me go first, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I haven't read comics since 1992, aside for G.I. Joe. So my superhero knowledge is pretty much based in the 90s, which I think that's what these Marvel movies are trying to emulate anyway. Infinity Gauntlet was written in 1991 and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. If you look at all the characters that Stanley created, there's literally thousands, right? So they could pull new characters until the cows come home. And there's always the, you know, that obscure hipster out there that likes squirrel girl as his favorite superhero. Right. So I think they're trying to appeal to a larger audience than just Captain America and Iron Man. Which is also strange because Daredevil and the Defenders and all that didn't really work. So if someone, I think Daredevil is a couple of tiers under Spider Man, right? Am I correct as far as popularity and that kind of popularity, thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, if that didn't, well, I mean, it succeeded for a while and then it just came to an abrupt stop. And I don't know, man. I I can't see a TV show based on She Hulk really doing that well. Am I wrong again? I I think the problem with TV shows and, and we run into this quite a bit where they have a, a story that they want to tell, but they have to, to spread it over a set number of episodes. So that's where you get the filler episodes and that's where you start losing interest from your viewers. Um, And I think by making things like She-Hulk a TV show and, and kind of bringing back even, I I was surprised that even like the Loki was doing a TV series. I think that Um, was limited run though. I believe. Yeah. Like, so limited run is going to be like, it's like the equivalent of like a mini series, you know, like eight episodes, one season kind of thing. Right. Um, But I'm, I'm surprised that they're doing that because um, for Loki, they're, they're taking a character that we've seen on the silver screen. 
right? That people love and adore. And I guess, yes, they can now use the TV show to expand on that character a bit. But with something like um, She-Hulk, right? Um, it's a new character that I, f- I wonder if it's just they are not confident enough in the character or the story that it's going to do as well as they uh, would expect for a feature film. Um, mm, I would say the entire film model has changed because of COVID. And if they're going to have, you know, an IV tapped into your wallet, so to speak for $10 for the rest of your life, they're going to make much more that way than they are on ticket sales. That's true. Yeah, right. and especially with Disney Plus increasing its prices next year by $3 per month, or I think 17 for the subscription, the one thing it kind of leads me back to is the whole argument of Marvel versus DC and how you can look at what's considered to be a very successful super uh, superhero franchise in the DC universe on television. Not the DCEU, which has failed every twist and turn along the way. Like the Snyder Cut, better bring it, is all I'm saying. But when you look at these properties and how they're just kind of firing them out, they're doing the exact same thing DC did, but DC did it calculated. They were like, let's see if people are interested in Arrow. Cool. So everybody likes the Green Arrow. Now, what property can we put on TV that's not going to cost as much as Superman or Batman? The Flash. Okay, now Supergirl. And they just kind of built out that way. This just looks like they took 10 darts, they threw it at pictures on the board, and they were like, you know what? Yeah, A War Machine TV series seems like a good idea. I I would agree. I would agree with that statement. But are they also just playing it safe by using characters that people already know? Right? Like, people know who War Machine is. They know that... uh, They might not necessarily know... um, What is it? Ironheart? Um, but they know who Iron Man is, right? So if they know that, if they know Samuel Jackson Jackson as Nick Fury, so are they playing it safe by reusing these characters that we have seen and that we've spent the last 10 years watching in the movies, right? Instead of risking putting, uh, like, like Jay said, you know, there's thousands of Marvel characters that they could pick from. Instead of picking a random ass, you know, squirrel girl, and and making a series about her like they are i think they're using these other characters that people know to kind of shoehorn in newer characters because they need to get that those viewers there and and yes like you know they have our subscription money to disney plus right like so there's they already have our money every month but if they don't have the content there that people are are wanting to watch like if there's nothing there to draw them in then people aren't going to continue their subscription, right? Like I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way to watch a, uh, a TV series about She-Hulk just because Hulk isn't that big of a interest of a character to me. But if they had uh, Iron Man in there, hells yeah, I'd be watching that because I freaking love Iron Man. (laughs) So let, let me ask you guys a question then. Um, Jay, I don't know, because I know you said mid-90s is kind of like your your comic like ending slash wheelhouse. But if you guys remember the 1995 Spider-Man that was like huge on Fox, the one thing that I think it helped prime the future for was all these extra characters. Because Jay brought up Daredevil as an example. 
Daredevil is the only one out of that entire Netflix series that is even getting a, a remote second chance. He did the Defenders. He had a three season run. And now he's been cast in the Spider-Man 3 live action multiverse movie. So Daredevil. Okay, cool. But my first remembrance of Daredevil was like in 1995, 1996, when he was teaming up with Spider-Man, just like Iron Man, just like the Hulk, just like everybody, because that's the cartoon that introduced all these characters. When you guys bring up Squirrel Girl and stuff, (laughs) although a very mid-range to low-range popularity character, there was a lot of big actresses trying to get that role. The problem I think Marvel has right now is people care about their big properties. Do you guys remember the last two comic comic book movies Marvel made that they took an absolute swing on with characters? Uh, Iron Man? No, no. So like like lesser known superheroes. But like this was well after the MCU had started. Thor. Michael Keaton. Yes. Um, it would be uh, Jay. Do you want to hazard a guess or two before I, I, uh, I like? I remember like the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Do you mean like that old? Um, no, no. So sorry, I should say like um, swings they put on the big screen. Like they went for it with properties that people really didn't know about. Um, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so two of them specifically. One was eight comic books long, and it was like an attempt. I want to say late nineties, early two thousands. And then the other one, I'm not sure when the comics were around for it, but it was a very small run. I'm just going to say, I remember when I heard they put Iron Fist on Netflix. And I'm like, you want to talk about an obscure character? Like, how is this going to survive? And it clearly didn't. Or or Luke Cage. Like, no offense to those characters, but whoever said they want a Luke Cage TV show? Like, no. No one said that. Very true. Um, movies wise, I was talking uh, Kingsman, which was an like a, a Marvel run that just didn't survive, and then they made two movies out of it. And then the most surprising one out of them all was the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, because yeah. everybody thought when they first announced that movie, like everybody's scrambling and being like, "Who the hell are these guys?" Right? Yeah. And they like slap Chris Pratt on it and Zoe Saldana. They're like big actors, right? But again, like that was a swing and a hit, but I don't know if they're going to get the same thing. Well, was Chris Pratt a, a big actor before um, Guardians of the Galaxy? I don't I don't think so. Like he was big he in Star Trek. Yeah, that but that's, that's really about it. Right. So he wasn't uh, the big actor that everyone knows him of. I never watched Park and Recreation. Right. Um, so I didn't really know. I knew who he was. I've seen, you know, clips on YouTube and shared on Facebook and on Reddit, but I don't think he was um, a a big actor that Marvel thought like, okay, he's going to sell this series to, or this um, movie to the people who don't know who Guardians of the Galaxy is. You're right. I think the biggest actors in that film, in all honesty, were two voice actors, which were Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper, who's Bradley Cooper's resume speaks for itself, but you also had Zoe Saldana in it, which was like, she was very popular at the time, fresh off avatar and a few other things and Michael Roker. So like, you didn't have a ton of people that were like super big properties to like, or like household names to a lot of people. And even when it came to like action figures and toys for that series specifically, like 
there was a lot of um they weren't called amiibos what were the hell what were the disney plus thing or um not disney plus the disney infinity Infinity figures yeah the infinity figures like rocket was hard to find everybody wanted a rocket raccoon everybody wanted a dancing groot or a baby groot toy like that was just the thing at the time so that was a big swing that's where i'm saying like i don't know if these smaller properties like moon knight they're doing a Hawkeye series when a lot of people like Joss Whedon tried to kill off Hawkeye in Age of Ultron, if you guys remember. And <laughs> like um, Marvel was like, no, 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 no. We're going to kill somebody smaller. Hawkeye is like important for some reason. So like, I if think you look at the list. I, mean, I was just going to say, I think that the big problem I have with the Marvel movies is they, they did a really good build up for 10 years uh, with uh, the Infinity Gauntlet story. Um, but the problem is, how do you come back from that? So you have a villain that's, you know, destroyed half the universe. How do you, what, what are you going to fight next? Electro? Do you know what I mean? Like it's so, it's been built up so big now that they really don't have a choice but to go into all these lesser characters now. Because if you bring up Iron Man 4 and he fights the guy with the whips again, you're going to be like, okay, well, he's no threat. This, you know, Iron Man died fighting Thanos. Like I'd still watch that though. Um, (laughs) And the second mistake I think they make is they really messed up Spider-Man. You can say what you want about uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. At least it felt like Spider-Man. This crap crap with him and this iron spider suit. When was Spider-Man ever a cosmic being going into space and fighting all the, he's on fighting Thanos and stuff. That never happened. Spider-Man fought Electro and Doc Ock. And now they're trying to bring him down by bringing Daredevil, who's on his level. At least I thought he was. But they really got to let go of this, like, trying to make Peter Parker into the next Iron Man. I just, it's so boring to me. So I think that's where um, the multiverse really kind of kicks in. Because if you've read any of the Civil War comics, like before Civil War even began, right? Or like the, the movie and stuff came out, there was the comics which started off with like the X-Men and it was like a bunch of Marvel people. Um, the iron spider or at least the iron spider outfit was created by Tony Stark when Tony Stark created that side of the civil war. So like the people who were for regulating superheroes. So that costume has been around for years. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I realize that I'm just saying like most people know Spider-Man is Spider-Man, right? Yeah. I think- yeah property right like yeah. iron spiders not trademarked by sony so I, that's why they can get away with it oh there yeah. you go i that, think a big yeah i think a big part of it was so that marvel could use the the fundamental spider-man character without having to pay sony for the license back and they love the actor and i think that's a big part of it too because you could have scrapped it after homecoming or you could have had him die in Endgame. Like when he turned to dust, he could have stayed to dust. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really big into Tom Holland and the future of the franchise because he's like 24 years old. And yeah. w- when you look at the progression of how like the movies went, he's like the natural progression fit, especially now that we've lost Chadwick Boseman because you could have done anything with Shuri and now you can't do that either. Um, yeah. So it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting, but I, I do love just – uh, on a quick detour off it, how Marvel did say that they will not be recasting Chadwick. They will not be touching T'Challa. And I think they're going to give T'Challa like an honorary death in the, in the film from what I understood, which is really good. And I think it's going to freeze like the, uh, the Funko market. Like I tried to get one a while ago and it was like $150 for a $15 vinyl toy. 
it's a it's a wild life out there, create um, collectors wise. So Jay, quickly, or take as much time as you want, really. When it comes to all these Marvel properties that they have, and like you know, they're like WandaVision actually looks really promising, as well as Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because that's kind of the battle to be the new Captain America in film, so to speak. What um, action figures or play sets do you see kind of being important out of this new wave of characters and this this new look Marvel versus some of the old stuff? For superhero figures, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, that all depends because Hasbro's really thrown a monkey wrench uh, where they've made everything six inch now, right? Like, how are you going to do the X-Men jet? for six inch scale, it's going to be like $5,000. You know what I mean? So um, I do appreciate the articulation. I do appreciate the, the face mapping technology they have and everything looks great, but they've done it to GI Joe. They've done it to star Wars. They've done it to Marvel. Now you can't have vehicles for these guys. Right. So I, I don't even know where I would begin to, to say something like that. Any kind of place that would just be enormous. And then you're looking at HasLab crowdfunding stuff again, right? That's where they kind of go to for this thing. When it comes, when you say like um, that, the playsets are getting bigger, and I know you mentioned it on uh, your podcast with Rob. But has Lego figured out the way into that market then? Because you can buy a smaller scale Quinjet that comes with like three Avengers and like a scroll and a few other things just to like kind of throw it in there and have that Lego playset that you have to build by yourself, but it's much smaller. You can fly the Quinjet with one hand opposed to two, like the millennium Falcon or something. Yeah. I mean, I have the uh, force awakens Falcon, the Lego one. It's one of the only Lego pieces I have. And I think it's just fantastic. Lego has always been great. The problem with Lego is it's astronomically expensive, right? And that's just yes. the brand they've built. Uh, you, you know, a little, Mini X-Wing is like $50. It's um, stupid. So, yeah, it, it is. And I've seen a lot of the Marvel playsets actually for Lego, and they kind of look just weird. I don't know. When I think of Marvel, I don't really think of a lot of bases. Like when I think of playsets, I think of like the Fortress of Solitude, um, obviously DC, or I think of like the Batcave, Wayne Manor, that kind of thing. Like I, I started buying more of like the Star Wars Lego sets, but only the ones that are look like they can be displayed right and i still look at the price and it's like oh man this is a 300 piece lego set for 50 dollars. like <laughs> what the hell early yeah. pandemic we discussed either getting a millennium falcon or a like the star destroyer just because we were both going to be off work so we wanted to build something that would take an insane amount of time and then we saw the prices and we were just like, so do you want to just get a puzzle? <laughs> like, it was just so dumb. $800 for something that I could never put up anywhere unless I get a bigger house. Well, yeah. buy a bigger house to fit, fit your Lego set. Yeah, just my Star Destroyer <laughs> yeah. in my foyer. And there's the uh, the Death Star one. Uh, I don't know how many. It's like 10,000 pieces or something crazy like that. It's yeah. thousands my, of dollars. My dream Lego set is the massive... Uh, Star Destroyer and the uh, Millennium Falcon. Just suspended from your bedroom ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, the uh, the one to one Falcon is the one that's really expensive. That's actually to scale to the figures. The one like I have is not to scale. It's pretty close, but the one to one is the one that's really expensive. Yeah. Damn. 
I guess it goes to show you that like Marvel, while they might be dominating everything now, has come out so far behind the eight ball that they're never going to have something as iconic as like toy Batmobiles, right? Like when I was a kid, I wanted like the turtle van or I wanted a Batmobile because they were cool toys. I had Spider-Man toys, but I didn't need Spider-Man to do anything because I could web sling all around my house with like my action figure. That was it. He didn't need anything. And that was what made him cool. Right. Like I get it. It's, it's, it's all, it's all scale, right? If you look at secret wars and the superpowers collection from the mid eighties, they're, they were both fantastic lines, but they were three, three, you know, four inch figures. So you could make a Batmobile for Batman and Robin where now, if you look at the vehicles, I think Wolverine has a bike, uh, black widow comes with a bike. But apart from that, you don't get much more. Even uh, G.I. Joe the Baroness comes with a bike. But you're never going to get a G.I. Joe Sky Striker for six inch. It'll be $500. And who's going to carry Who's going to have the shelf space to carry that in a store? You know? So it's a real problem. Well, let's put a pin in some of the uh, the, the toy discussion. Because I want to do that a little bit later on when we uh, we get through the Star Wars discussion. Because I think we're just going to keep going back to our, our favorite toys and what we want out of star Wars, but man, how excited were the two of you? I know you guys love it way more than I do. And I love it, but you guys must've just had heart palpitations seeing every single logo trailer video, everything. I, I yeah. wish, I wish I could say that I was like that, but I, I wasn't, I'm very concerned at this point. Um, and I had, I know you're not caught up with the Mandalorian, so I won't wreck anything. No, I go ahead. Story-wise, but the season one, people are going to kill me for saying this. Season one is so much better than season two because you didn't need all these characters. You didn't need Ahsoka. You didn't need Boba Fett. Why is Boba Fett in The Mandalorian? Why? Because it makes no sense. People wanted him in there. But Mandalorian was so successful and it brought Star Wars back from the dead and it had nothing to do with Jedi apart from the child had force abilities. It didn't rely on any of these things. They didn't name drop Vader, Skywalker, anything. Yeah. It did so well and it was so nice to see a Star Wars character who's just like a cowboy. He was a gunslinger. You know, he was just... Yeah. It's almost like watching Daredevil in Spider-Man. You know, Daredevil can't fly and he can't do all this shit, but you know... It was really cool. And now... He just unrealistically fights in the dark. Yeah, right. Okay. But it's, <laughs> it's more grounded, right? It's not like this Kylo Ren versus Rey on the, you know, the Death Star wreckage. It's nothing Chunks like of a Death Star, yeah. You know I what think, I mean? So, yeah. I, I think um, there, was, there was episodes in season one that I felt were just there for the hell of it. Um, my least favorite episode, which other people I've talked to absolutely love. My least favorite one was where they were on the planet and they were fighting the ATAT, right? Because they were on yeah. Yeah. the village thing. I felt like that was just that whole episode was just pulled from a Star Trek plot. Um, and that didn't really do anything to progress the really the character or the, the plot point overall. I think near the like they they teased Boba Fett in season one, yeah. Um, yeah. And they, I think, what they're doing with a lot of the stuff with Mandalorian is when Disney acquired Lucasfilm, 
And they said, the only things that are canon are the things that we create from this point on, the main movies, the Clone Wars TV shows, and any other TV shows that we do. So there's all of these video games and these books and these comics. And that essentially became legends that these amazing characters that have been created and these the the uh, the galaxy and the stories just expanded and disney was like nope that doesn't matter so that pissed off a lot of the fans right um and so i think what disney's doing with this is that they're taking these th- the things that people liked and wanted from that and putting them back into this the shows i know they brought um uh thron back into was it rebels i believe yeah. Um, and he was a legends character for a while. Right. Um, so they brought back Thrawn. They, uh, people wanted to see a live action of Ahsoka for so long. Um, and there was all of these, you know, theories that Boba Fett didn't actually die on uh Tatooine, right? Like as, as stupid as his death was in that movie, like kind of like that slapstick comedy, you know, like, Oh, I'm just getting knocked off this, this uh this platform um i think what disney's doing is kind of taking some of these things that people have wanted and are are putting it into these these series now i will have to agree with you i don't think that they needed to put ahsoka into mandalorian um i like the idea of uh the mandalorian having to find a jedi of some sort to bring the child to, right? I think um, that is probably going to be one of the best ways that they can kind of finish that story with that character. Um, essentially, if they if he succeeds in finding a Jedi and they t- he takes the, the kid and that's it, right? Um, did they need to put Ahsoka in? No, because her character, yes, we learned a little bit about how she feels about the Jedi Order and all of that stuff. But they also, if, if you watch the Clone Wars, you get that feeling like you know that already. Um, and clearly the Ahsoka TV show or the Ahsoka um, miniseries was planned well before they had done this episode, right? So I think that was also just their way of kind of getting the hype for that character, a live action character so that they can kind of push their Ahsoka TV show. Which is horrible because they've taken, they, they haven't ruined anything. The show's great. So don't get me wrong, but now the show didn't need that. Favreau and Fleeney created this amazing character. Like we all care for this character. He doesn't even have a face and he has more heart and expression than most characters in pop culture. We all care for this bounty hunter. And now it's like, oh, okay, we'll take the child to Ahsoka Tano. So we all crap our pants because they say Ahsoka Tano. And then she goes and she's like, oh, I can't do anything. Now we'll take it to this rock. I mean, it's a very video game formula, right? It's like go on yeah. this quest and then go on another quest. And that's fine. But all that was to do was to launch the show. And now we've seen that. It's to, just to say, oh, we're going to have an Ahsoka show. So don't worry. I don't know, man. I just yeah, I, and- don't, I don't think you need that. I think they can launch a Boba Fett show. And it'll do just fine. But now Boba Fett's like dr- driving them around. and Yeah, he's a taxi driver. <laughs> like, 
I think though they could have used any Jedi. They could have just created a Jedi for that one, right? Like to to replace Ahsoka in Mandalorian, and it oh, wouldn't have cha- and it wouldn't have changed the the story or the plot at all, right? Because like you said, like they they introduced this character and everyone was like losing their shit over it, but then it amounted to absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, that's what really sucks. And ultimately, you know, that again, I don't want to wreck anything. This is just my prediction. Um, it's going to be Luke. Who else could it be? Comes to get him. Right. Uh, yes, I've I've heard and I've read many rumors and different theories of how that could work. Um which in the timeline it makes sense, right? Like when when Mandalorian takes place um but we also know that there's going to be a a season 3. So I'm I'm honestly hoping that we don't see any of that this season. Well, there's one more episode. Right. So I highly doubt that. Well, I don't know. Disney has thrown lots of wrenches into the mix with this uh, series, but I'm really hoping that the season finale for this one does not end with another character kind of being brought back. I honestly, as much as people would hate it and as much as uh, my girlfriend would hate it, I honestly hope that this season ends on like the ultimate cliffhanger of the empire still has control, like, yeah. like the, the, all of the, the cards in their hand. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Moff Gideon is such a fantastic character. Um, and the thing is, is we haven't seen anything really from him. Yeah. And he's like 10,000 times better than Snoke. And he hasn't hardly said anything. Yeah. You know, he's he's, just he's menacing. Just he's menacing. Just in he's menacing in the way that Darth Vader was. Um, like, and, and he's done less like Darth Vader kind of did his, I don't know how to explain it. Like Darth Vader in a new hope, he was the menacing big bad guy. And you don't really see much of him in the sense of like, you don't really see his power. He's just kind of like going around barking orders. And the only time that you see a lightsaber battle was like the very first lightsaber battle ever in star Wars. And it was like, just like this janky, very slow didn't really like it's it's not what we're used to now right but moff gideon in the the time that we see him in season one and two it's practically nothing and he is one of these characters that you like when you see him you're like oh shit what is going to happen like this guy he does not give a f about anything he just wants his um he wants the child right and um, well, I, I mean, that's, it's Gus from Breaking Bad, right? So if you've seen Breaking Bad, you know what a badass Gus Fring was. And let's face it, he's acting like it's the exact same character. So you already know, man, if you guys seen Breaking Bad, I'm sure you have. Like Gus is, you don't mess with Gus, right? He's mm-hmm. a badass drug dealer and gangster and all this stuff. So Moff Gideon is the same character, if you ask yeah. me. So you know it's like, okay, don't, don't mess with him, man. <laughs> so... Let, let me ask you guys a question before we move on to some of the other Star Wars announcements then. With both Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic, in a, in a recent interview, 
um, with Zach Braff, he mentioned that John Favreau and co have changed the way television, especially uh, on-demand television is going to be shot and portrayed. They're using technology that people have never used before. And they're using shooting styles that weren't necessarily thought of um, back when spaghetti Westerns were a thing. So, my question to you guys would be with the, the the lineage and the timelines of these shows and how they're all supposed to be set up in the same timeline as the Mandalorian. And you know, damn well, Disney's going to be like crossover episodes. Do they have to follow the same cookie cutter template that John Favreau has laid out? Like he's paved a new road. Do they have to follow the same like shooting styles, cutting styles, editing styles, everything in order you- for them to feel like the same timeline? You have to remember that Dave Fellini is basically George Lucas's apprentice, okay? And so he's on the show. Not only that, George has been there a great deal of the time. Yeah. So they're Fellini's or Fellini um, and Favreau. You know, George, what do you think we should do with this? And you, of course, George is going to tell them, right? So you have direct involvement from the creator of Star Wars. So it's different than J.J. Abrams stuff, who didn't have anything because Kathleen Kennedy shut the door and said, "We don't want to hear your ideas, George." We're going to go our own way. And that's a fact. Now they're like, oh shit, maybe we should have listened to, you know, the guy who made it. <laughs> like, and uh, you can see that in the Mandalorian. It's, it's got George written all over it. Which 100% makes sense. It's just my, my feeling is if you watch like a George Lucas movie or you watch a, um, why can't I think of the guy's name? I just, uh, Scorsese film, you know, that like shooting style right so when you look at like a lot of the things favreau's done over the years comedy drama whatever he always has the same style he's now invented or reinvented a new style for this series so like i i guess what i'm asking specifically is do you think these shows in order to feel like the same timeline have to be done the same way uh i i don't think so I think as long as the shows in themselves kind of have their own style that um, is maintained throughout that specific series, um, then it, it should be fine. Um, if they do, like you said, like a crossover episode, then it needs to stick to the style that they've decided for the series that it's in. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think the, the style matters. The art style in Rebels is completely different than Clone Wars. You know, it's all animated, but it is different. Um, going back to The Mandalorian, if I may, the one episode where Boba Fett's teased in season one, they go back to Tatooine, and that was the, the first kind of alarm that went off. I'm like, John, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go to Tatooine. Rogue One is my least favorite Star Wars movie because of this. Because every two seconds, it's like, hey, there's blue milk. You know that. Hey, there's Adats. You know that. It's okay. You're safe. I don't like that. Don't take us to Tatooine. We don't have to go to Tatooine, okay? We've been there. Just go to new worlds. Introduce new characters. You know, breathe. The galaxy is so big, and you're in this little tunnel, Skywalker tunnel vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I have to agree with that. Like, I find that a big problem with – just Star Wars in general is that they kind of stick to the same dozen um, planets. And the only times that they really expand from the planets that we see, Tatooine, Naboo, Coruscant, um, is in the comics and the, uh, the books, right? Which many of which still don't exist in the Star Wars canon still. 
I'm I'm interested into what Rangers of the New Republic will bring um, because it because it is during the timeline of the Mandalorian, which I guess the way that it I don't know. I don't know if they're they're saying that it's going to take place and potentially interact with the Mandalorian. But Mandalorian takes place. What? It's like 10 years after uh, Return of the Jedi. Six, six years. That's right. Sorry. Um, so really all it is, all it's saying is that this is taking place, you know, shortly after return of the Jedi, there is a, what, 30 year time period, roughly between Jedi and force awakens. Yes. So there is, uh, I think by the, the way that they're saying set within the timeline of the Mandalorian, it's their way of saying when, this takes place in relation to the original trilogy because they could say, Oh, like 20 years after return of the Jedi, but there's no real concrete um, timeline between there between 20 years and return of the Jedi. Right now we have a five year timeline point, right? They can do five years after the Mandalorian. And now we have another, like now we have a 10 year point, right? And so on and so forth. So I think with, with Ranger of the New Republic, um, even things like uh, Lando and Andor, we are getting tidbits of, uh, we're getting shows and stuff like that, that are filling in the, the gaps between uh, the movies. Well, and they, they have to, right? Right. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, Andor is is a prime example of that's a prequel to a, a spin-off film right but that is still related to that's filling in the gaps between um i guess the end of the clone wars and return of the Je- or sorry uh, revenge of the sith and a new hope right so it's filling in that prequel um timeline whereas they're also working on stuff that's filling in the uh post uh, original t- trilogy timeline. Uh, I I think eventually we're going to start seeing uh, series that or like f- new series that come out in the next you know five ten years that are now going to be um, referencing some of these shows. Well, there you can bet you know sure shit that, that they said okay. They had a meeting with George and said okay we screwed up the sequel trilogy pretty bad. Now we need your help. Okay. They create this child. Okay. They need the child because he has force essence. Uh, they need to take the force essence to keep putting him in these snow bodies to eventually find a host so they can clone Palpatine and his body can sustain force power. That's what they're trying to do because all of a sudden Palpatine came out of nowhere. At the end of yeah. the last Jedi, when they were all in the bunker and Leia's like, I sent my transmission out nobody's coming. If it had been because Palpatine did his broadcast then and said, if you go near the new Republic, we'll destroy you. This whole thing would be fixed, but it's because JJ Abrams and Ryan Johnson didn't talk. Right. So now George has to go back and fix everything. And I guarantee you that's what's happening. That's why Ahsoka is in there. And that's why they're talking about, you know, cloning. And you see, briefly saw the Snokes in the tank in one of the episodes this season. Right. Now were those? I I didn't get a 
a good look at them. Were they Snokes or were they just kind of creatures? They're, I think they're just creatures. I think they're just creatures. Yeah. 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 But, but when they were talking about that, you know, like needing a, a vessel to, to harness the, the force. Um, that's the first thing I thought of was like, they are trying to explain where Palpatine came from, like how he came back. Kathleen Kennedy actually cut out the line where he tells Kylo Ren that he's a clone. He says it to him. We have to discover this in the novelization. I, I can't get over how irresponsible somebody can be with this franchise. It's like a couple of kids first year film school got to write the sequel to Star Wars. I don't know. I feel like a couple of kids in first year first year film school could probably do something a little better. Hey, amen to that, man. Amen to that. But we alluded to it on our last show too. A lot of it. I, I I understand Kathleen Kennedy is literally up there with some of the worst people in the world when it comes to ruining our favorite things. <laughs> but when it comes to the Disney of all all of the 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 sequel trilogy, it was how can we make Ray the most profitable and relatable to our female audience and like mm-hmm. she was accused in an interview uh, i want to say just over a year or two ago and like um dizzy ridley came out and kind of like clarified some of it but it was a, a lot of like she even wanted to see the story progress a little bit more um fluently or with more fluidity than how she just became super overpowered. She understands being a role model to all these girls, but princess Leia was already there in her place. So it's kind of like the handing over the gauntlet. And when you look at the way they kind of disrupted the force of the whole movie, the only thing that I think they're trying to save right now is like, how can we keep this incredibly marketable chip without destroying all the canon? And well, like they want to tear down a lot of the cannon walls, but they want to keep her kind of intact. And I, I, I think that's the other problem, not to take her side. Cause I don't want to be booed off my own show, but oh, I no, think man. that's no. like the one struggle she's got where it's like, all right. Out of all the bad things she did, she created a character that is a very profitable and B so many girls look up to. I was telling David in a recent survey um, done with like merchandisers for Disney, the three most profitable, profitable Disney females, two of them are from frozen and the other one's Ray. Like, it's just, it's crazy, but like, she's struggling with that as well. Not to defend her, but like, that's the only thing she did. Right. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand how someone who uh, I'm sure she's got to know something about star Wars, but it really feels like she doesn't even JJ Abrams. I mean, in episode seven, there's, uh, you know, they go to Maskinata's castle and there's that whole scene where she touches the Skywalker blade. She has the vision where she sees Luke and Vader on Bespin. She hears Obi-Wan. J.J. Abrams wrote all this, okay, so that we would think about it over the next three years while the next one came out. He didn't even have answers to these questions. How can that be allowed? I think it is absolutely a crime. And now they're crying to old daddy George to come back and say, please, we can't erase seven, eight, nine. We have billions of dollars into this. Please connect the dots for us. Cause we they clearly can't. Job, though. Like they got rid of some characters by accident, right? The whole controversy of uh, Finn and Rose and how they were going to be like this big interracial couple. And he was like one of the first stormtroopers to like talk and kind of disobey the code. And then they were just like, 
we're going to put them on a, a planet, then we're going to forget about them for a long period of time, and then they're going to come back in the third movie. That's what happens when you have two directors that don't talk to each other. And that's what Just I'm saying. So. I'm saying how can Kathleen Kennedy be in charge of the most important film franchise in history and, and make these decisions that make no sense and she gets to override everybody and she still has a job? How does that make sense? How does that make sense? And even John Boyd has come out and said, you know, they they used me basically. You know, I'm an African-American they wanted to put me on the poster with the lightsaber. They did. And really, Finn did nothing after that. Finn was all... Finn's character in The 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 Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, uh, he might as well not have been in the movies. And then they keep adding more. They add Rose. You didn't need Rose. I mean, Kelly Marie Tran's great. I don't mean that. But you didn't need that character. And then Jenna in The Rise of Skywalker. What's the point of that? And then you had that, I don't even know her name, Zori Bliss, that bounty hunter. Like, yeah. You just have all these characters that are just so transparent and boring. So well, boring. I think they added that that bounty hunter to kind of tr- create um, uh, more of a backstory behind Poe Dameron, right? But they didn't actually do anything with it. Yeah. Which just yeah, added, like, there's during the rise of Skywalker, there's so many little bits of things that they threw in there. It's like, it, it's like they made a casserole out of leftovers <laughs> essentially because JJ Abrams had to fix a lot of the problems that people were um, really pissed off about from the last <laughs> Jedi. But at the same time, like you said, like Kathleen Kennedy had her hand in his back pocket the entire time. Um, it, I, th- I think like uh, the biggest problem is that they didn't have a coherent story from start to finish and neither of the directors, uh, talked to each other. They wrote their own stories. Ryan Johnson, he's made some good movies. I'll give him that, mm-hmm. but he pretty much took star Wars and did what he wanted with it. Pretty much said, like, I, I don't care what the fans want. I don't care about the history of Star Wars. I'm going to change this and try and start this over again, right? Um, and he essentially, like, ruined the the series or the franchise for a lot of people, right? Like, there's uh, – it's funny just seeing, like, how people now praise the prequels and <laughs> – when there's like arguments to it, it's like, well, I would rather watch the prequels than the sequels. And people don't argue with that. It's yeah. But again, it's, it's the guy who created star Wars. Right. And if this is just what I believe. Okay. If you truly don't like the prequels and forget about special effects because they all age and they all look bad in 10 years from when they get made. Okay. So if you truly don't like the story of the prequels, I can't see how you like star Wars. I really can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just me, right? I mean, I, I love the politics and I love, the, you know, the, the governments and all that stuff. In the well, there was a, an interview with George Lucas um, that I was reading and uh, he was asked about why is Star Wars Episode One about trades disputes, right? Like, and, and his response was, well, most wars start over some political you know, trade dispute or something like that. 
right? Most wars that start are are politically driven. Mm-hmm. And if people don't understand that, then, you know, they just don't get the politics behind what's going on with this the story. But the at least with the prequel stories, and yes, as cringy as some of the dialogue could be, there's a coherent storyline from episode one to episode three. You get to see the progression of characters. You get to see the internal strife and the turmoil that Anakin goes through um, in episode two through to episode three. And if you uh, watch the Clone Wars, that's fleshed out even more. With the sequel trilogy, we have Ray, who is right off the get-go, can use the Force, right? With minimal training in... The Last Jedi, her training is her swinging a lightsaber at a rock. Um, and then when we see her in The Rise of Skywalker, she is like essentially like a fully trained Jedi. And this is kind of all out of nowhere. Um, at least with like Anakin, people can kind of relate to, in, in one way or another, his sure, yeah. struggle right finding his way in the world that's bigger than him right not really knowing who to look up to um losing family members right uh losing your faith in people that you once trusted being manipulated right all of these things people can relate to in one way or another even with luke skywalker right you know same idea this this guy came from nothing lost everything and then ultimately had to learn to become the hero that he was in Return of the Jedi. You know, like, yes, he was trained by Yoda, but in Empire, he actually left his training against the advice of Yoda to go and fight Darth Vader. And he was told, if you do it now, you're going to lose. And he still went and did it, right? Like, but with Rey, there's none of that. It's who am I? Oh, I'm just this powerful. I know all of this stuff. Like, I think where I, and now, I watched The Force Awakens like five or six times. Uh, a big part of that was this was Star Wars all over again. And I went multiple times with some of my friends. But the part in that movie that I kind of that kind of made me realize that something isn't right is when she was uh, captured and she uses the Force mind control to get the Stormtrooper to undo her shackles and drop his gun. With no training, no real understanding of that the force is real, right? Or how to use it. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, I have some concern for where this is going. And my concerns <laughs> ultimately were correct, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Force Awakens is a really good movie and I don't care that it follows the beats of A New Hope. I, that, I don't care about that. I think everything was set up great, I think. Kylo Ren is a fantastic, he was a fantastic character in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was obsessed with his grandfather and that lineage and becoming as good as him. And then in the next two movies, they all of a sudden didn't matter. I think they showed Vader's mask a tiny bit in Rise of Skywalker, but all of a sudden that didn't matter anymore. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's so terrible, man. It's such a travesty that these wonderful characters, and I think they're all great in episode seven. Poe's great, Finn is great. And then they just do nothing with any of them, you know, and it's just, it's such a travesty. And I'll just say it one more time, man. 
whoever's in charge of that should be fired. Because that's when Kennedy. <laughs> when you when you guys bring up Poe as much as you are, I think when I saw the list of all the Star Wars properties coming, like Visions, uh, the Acolyte, uh, the Bad Batch, and Lando, I was like, "Oh, cool, a Lando miniseries. That's kind of fun." But Billy D is kind of getting old there. I I was really upset to not see a Poe Dameron story because I thought what they were trying to do in the um, the final movie was they were trying to kind of give Poe a reason to live with Carrie Russell's character. I forget her name. You guys are better at this than I am. Um, yeah. So like you kind of saw like their chemistry develop and she came to his aid. Those two together on screen would have had decent chemistry for a series. I think that would have went very well. And all they did was reallocate him, and now he's Moon Knight for like on the Marvel property. So they just were like, ah, "We're just yeah. going to move your contract over." I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm actually surprised that they didn't do a series or mini series, kind of fleshing out the backstory of Poe Dameron. And like I said in uh, Rise of Skywalker, they hint at his background, and then there's this. A, a good chunk of the film where people don't trust him because he used to run spices and stuff like that. Right. So I'm surprised that they didn't actually that I'm when, when I saw that, the, that they were doing a Lando series, I was like, okay, like sure. We, we kind of know Lando's character, um, but they could have done a Poe Dameron series and fleshed out that character and maybe show us how he, became one of the best starfighter pilots in the galaxy right show us his history of like you know what led him from being a spice runner and smuggling shit to working with the uh the resistance right like there's so much that they could have done there and they they're not i'm the opposite i would have rather see him or seen a series after the fact like now that he's kind of part or like running things uh, in his own right and just kind of how he could have developed further now that that war was over. I would have just been more interested in seeing his character develop because they like really beat it into you for like a third of the movie that he had like this crazy past life. And they kept bringing back that the other character I already forgot her name again. Sorry, Jay. And, (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it's one thing. To, to always go back for prequels and origin stories, but I would have thought an after story would have been a lot better for him. Now, I think the problem though with doing a story after the fact of uh, Rise of Skywalker is that there's too much that they would have to explain um, post end of the First Order again you know, Palpatine's dead again, right? Like there's too much that they have on their plate that they have to pick through that people would, I think it would bring up too many questions like, which, yeah, that's, that's the only reason why I think that a, a sequel TV series following him is, um, is, is not very viable also because it's like, what would they just do? They would just kind of, they would, they would have to talk about his past anyways. Right? Like, you could do it kind of like Arrow did. Like I don't know if you guys are familiar with watching Arrow, but Oliver Queen, like you, you watch the current day story, and then there's all these like flashbacks from when he was like on the island and stuff. So it's it's very different. But 
Um, you could have done something like that. The 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 piece to resistance before we get to um, the fun of it all is I, I've got both of you guys in the same area, and I've not said a single thing to David about this topic since it was announced because I really wanted his absolute live reaction. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series where Hayden Christensen will be Darth Vader has the internet incredibly pissed because it's going to pretty much cheapen and get rid of everything that happened in a new hope being like, well, this is the first time we've met and all that other stuff. Mm. How do you guys feel? No, I mean, the internet's, you know, they, they don't want anything. Most Star Wars fans at this point don't want anything to do with the sequels. So, you know, their punching bag used to be Hayden Christensen for many, for decades. They hated him, right? It was Jar Jar, then it was Hayden. And now, because the sequels are now the punching bag, now everyone, oh, Hayden Christensen coming back. And you have all these people like, oh, that's great. It's like, what are you talking about, man? Like, you hated Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith because it's wood acting. You know, let's forget, let's forget that every single set, because George was pioneering a new technology, a new kind of effect, every set was green screen. I don't care if you're Brad Pitt or Harrison Ford. Like, you need to be a really good actor to be on a set with nothing but green. You have mm-hmm. to imagine everything. Where I'm just ranting here. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> right. the question. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think the Obi Wan Kenobi series is really the only one I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm going to give them all a chance and I'm open-minded, but the one I want the most is that. And that's because Ewan McGregor is a fantastic actor. Um, out of the ones that they announced, the one that I never understood was the Cassian Andor one. I would rather see an R2-D2 spinoff. Like, well, he's the, the there's worst one. character in Rogue One, in my opinion. He's so boring, but it's, I, don't, I don't know, man. That's just me. Um, so to kind of touch on, uh, the Obi-Wan thing. I'm on the same boat with uh, Jay there. I'm, I'm excited because you McGregor is one of my favorite actors. Um, I think he did a phenomenal job playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he is one of the, I don't know, probably most popular star Wars characters. Um, you know, you, you say hello there and there's a good chance that someone's going to say general Kenobi. Right. Um, I think, though, because I, I don't think that it's going to lessen the impact in A New Hope because it's definitely not the first time that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader have met. Um, obviously, Darth Vader would be or has been hunting down remaining Jedi um, after he kind of c- c- comes into power. Um, I think that this will give us a, I don't know. I, the story could go anyway. I'm just really excited to see the Hugh McGregor train Obi-Wan Kenobi again on the screen. Um, and I think it will kind of give us more insight into their relationship. And if anything, I think it might strengthen the impact of, um, when Obi-Wan is talking to Luke and explaining to him how Darth Vader killed his father, right? And how he was a good friend of his. But I think it's just going to hopefully just strengthen that speech and that monologue to show us how much, yes, Obi-Wan did 
did care for Anakin. Like we know this through Clone Wars and through the prequel trilogies, but I think they could show some story of him still trying to reach to him after the fact, after he's become Darth Vader. Yeah, it's just it's the line of and I've like I've looked it up on like the official Star Wars website to make sure I don't fuck it up. But it's uh, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master. And it says in quotes in the years since uh, they're parting in Mustafar. Modesty is something that Obi-Wan's former apprentice has been practicing. However, they have never seen each other. So, like, I just I want like I want to know how this will work. Like I'm, I'm all for the idea of them like interacting and you just kind of are like that. They just kind of making it up as they go. What is that from? Uh, that is from a new hope. Like, but wh- where exactly? Uh, uh, so the screen, uh, when I left you, I was, but the learner. Now I am the master. I know and that. that uh, so like, it just says under underneath in quotes, like it's been years since they're parting. Um, is this like from the novelization or that's uh, it's just on Star Wars' website? But this is the thing, like watching the movie, you 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 try and remember that. And that was the first thing I thought about. I was just like, Well, so here's the thing though, what they could do with that is is that is just uh a, a single location, right? They could easily end the series on Mustafar again. Right? And it it would not change anything to that f- like from that statement. But is Kathleen that smart? I, I don't think you're going to. I don't think you're going to see them ever interact. Uh, maybe the final, the series finale. But I think you're going to see a lot of um, Anakin is, you know, just become Darth Vader. You're going to see a lot of him ruling, and then the other side of the coin, you're going to see Obi Wan protecting Luke. That's why he's on Tatooine. He's there mm-hmm. to protect Luke. Yeah. Vader doesn't know he's there, so you're not going to see those two crossing. It's just interesting. It doesn't make sense, right? So they, they can't change that. Um, and when he's also on the Death Star, when Obi-Wan's sneaking around, Vader says to Tarkin, um, the last time I felt this presence was in, you know, my former master was here. So they haven't seen each other since. That's well, true. Far, right? But I think you'll see like a, a kind of, it'll be the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, but you're going to see a lot of Darth Vader's life too, which is cool. So yeah, kind I, of like a neat villain. Yeah, I think maybe they they can't really show the impact that the Empire has post um, Revenge of the Sith without having Darth Vader in there. Right. For sure. It's the beginning of the Empire, right? Yeah. So it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see Vader do some Rogue One stuff. Like, it'd be nice to see Vader use his powers and that kind of thing. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. I, I hope they show the building of the Death Star, like just the first one. And like him, I don't know, like it'd be really cool if it was kind of one of those half and half shows where you get to see their two lives pan out without actually interacting. And you get to see him develop and build his empire, essentially. I think. That yeah. Be- you see actually at the end of Revenge of the Sith, the final shot with Palpatine and Vader, you see the skeleton of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. It's actually. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, where that leaves us now is you're a huge toy collector, Jay. You're mm-hmm. probably the biggest one I, I've ever met. With all these new properties coming out, and like I, I was telling David this before you uh, hopped on, that uh, I like I follow a lot of cosplayers on TikTok, and Ahsoka is one of the 
most popular ones to like over the last two weeks, it's just been Ahsoka, Ahsoka, Ahsoka. And like people are spending $400 on her dual lightsaber and all these other things in your mind. And in your opinion, kind of going back to the, the Marvel question as well, when you look at collectibles in general, like, are we going to be trying to collect another two R2D2s and C3PO's because they're repopularizing them with, a droid story, a new Lando figurine. Like, what are what are we looking at, and how are uh, players versus collectors going to be affected by these nine properties that were just announced? Well, Hasbro is they pretty much own every IP. Uh, you know, Mattel has Masters of the Universe still, but Hasbro owns everything. So you're going to be giving them your money one way or another, unless you just stop collecting. It's not like it was when George ran the show. When George ran the show. Uh, early 2000s, that's when you got so many Star Wars characters. And that was my favorite time to collect because you got that one alien that walked across the screen for two seconds. Oh, there's a figure. I love that stuff. You don't see much of that stuff now. It's usually just the main characters for the most part. Um, So I don't think it's really going to be that bad. Uh, There's a ton of characters from The Mandalorian that were only on screen for a few seconds that I'd wish they'd make, but I know they never will. Another reason is they've moved to the six-inch scale, so that's thirty bucks a pop, right? It's not ten dollars anymore. So um, I want a frog lady. Yeah, that. So do I. I love all those characters like that. All those one-offs, even the uh, um, the woman in the docking bay with the pit droids, like that would be yeah. cool too, right? But yeah. Do Do you think that the 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 black series? Uh, line has kind of dropped in quality i think it's got better it, it was pr- pretty bad for a while um the <laughs> i referenced the poe dameron figure from uh force awakens it's notoriously hilarious it's just terrible look it up if you have a chance um i just did a review on my youtube channel of the endor trio so luke Leia, and han and those three figures are just gorgeous they have this new face mapping technology that they use and it looks exactly like them. It's really, really well done. Um, because, because I've seen a lot um, through a bunch of different stores. Every so often I'll see the star Wars black. What is it? Black figure or black line? Black series. Yeah. Black series. That's it. Yep. Um, and they just look, they look cheap. Um, now I don't know if it's just the line that they did for like the last Jedi and the, like some of the sequel trilogy stuff. Um, but I feel like it was just mass produced to the, to the extent of like just a, a regular off the shelf toy that you're supposed to play with. Right. Um, that they throw the black series label on there but the quality didn't change. Now you, you said that you, you have like the, the new Endor ones. Is that what? Yeah. There's, there was Luke Leia and Han from um, the Endor raid. So they have their camouflage outfits on. So are those newer um, releases? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what you're referencing the end of force awakens and through the last Jedi, those three years were bad. So yeah, those, those figures are bad. Um, specifically um, old Luke, which I think in, in Force Awakens is one of the best versions of Luke. But the toy is so bad. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the paint job is cheap. And I think they recognize, hey, we better step up the quality. 
because the last few years they really have some really nice looking figures. You can see it through Marvel Legends too. Like if it's uh, uh, who plays Black Widow, I can't remember her name. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Um, so it looks just like her, right? Like they've really okay. stepped up that. Yeah, for sure. It's gotten better. Which is creepy as hell when you think about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want my toys to look like six inch people. It's just, I was like, I don't know. I don't have a lot of collectible items left, but I, I just think that's too real. Like Funko is as close to me as I, I want their likeness. <laughs> yeah, you can you can go further down the hole, and I'm sure you guys have heard of a company called Hot Toys. Um, yes, Hot Toys are 12 inch action figures. They look like dolls, but if you get like Luke Skywalker Farm Boy, it looks like Mark Hamill. Like it's freaky, and the uh, the cloth that the costume is made of in the movie is the same material they use on the figure. Yeah, but these are like three hundred dollars each. Right? Mm-hmm. It's high end stuff. But yeah, you want to you want to do creepy look at those man those are like mini versions of the actors it's like no i'm good <laughs> yeah the one that uh immediately comes to mind is the stan lee one from thor ragnarok like, i remember seeing that in my timeline being like holy shit somebody made that i thought it was a wax figure but no it's a toy right yeah um <clears throat> so going back to the mandalorian when it comes to the child slash baby yoda slash Grogu. Is this toy now being marketed the wrong way? Because some places still have window display saying the child. Some people claim it's baby Yoda. Just so much going on. Well, it's not baby Yoda. Yoda has green eyes and <laughs> Grogu has brown eyes. I, I know that because I have a life-size Yoda statue next to my Grogu statue. <laughs> That's how big of a nerd I am. Um, I think it's great. I think the way they're marketing it is good. I think that particular character should be marketed for kids. Um, if you're specifically talking about the name, this stuff has been in the factory for years. Like this stuff is printed out years ago. Right. So they might've not known the character's name. Then it was like, if you get the early Phantom Menace merchandise, it just says star Wars episode one. It doesn't say Phantom Menace on it. Right. Yeah. So I think it's same kind of thing. When you say you have the life size one, does that mean you have the sideshow one? Yoda? No. um, Oh no. The Grogu. Oh yeah, yeah, I got the sideshow one. Yep, yeah, very, very popular. They've they've been giving a lot out to celebrities, so I hope you got one for free because you are a celebrity in my eyes. Oh, that's <laughs> I, I didn't, but uh, sideshow does a really good payment plan, uh, which started in February, and so there was plenty of time to pay it off. So hey, I'm all for that. But if it was me dropping five hundred right then, I don't think I would have done it. Oh my god, I need this. I just looked this up right now. This is phenomenal. I'm going to buy it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the only reason I yeah. even knew yeah. about the statue is the, um, the Zach Braff and Donald Faison podcast or podcast. Cause Donald Faison for years has been trying to become a character in star Wars, whatever they'll give him. And he like, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Jay, but he does the, uh, the black storm trooper, uh, trooper stuff. Like okay. the, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the stop motion black stormtrooper but i guess he was gifted one from sideshow because he's such a huge star wars fan and i looked at this toy i was like man i would i would love to have this just somewhere but i'll settle for the little 70 dollar one from eb it's it's really cool it's got it comes with a replica of the shifter knob too that actually uh it's magnetized so it stays in his hand kind of thing um but you can't pose him right like he doesn't move at all 
And what's cool about him, though, is the way he looks. He's looking up at you. So he's meant to be placed on the ground, looking right over your eyes. It's really cool. I do a full unboxing on my YouTube YouTube uh, channel. I'm going to check that out. For him. Wow. Yeah. That is um, amazing. For the people who don't um, listen to your podcast or show, do you want to talk about your YouTube and your uh, the podcast yeah. you're doing with Rob right now? Yeah, I got a lot going on. We just launched Action Figure Adventure on uh, Super Channel in Canada. So it's on Wednesday nights at 7.30 and 10 um, on Jinx Esports, which is a subdivision of Super Channel. Um, it's we, we followed The Mandalorian. We kind of copied that. So there's one episode a week. Um, it's also on demand, so you can catch up there. Rob and I do a podcast on his YouTube just called The Jay and Rob Toy Show. You can find that on Spotify, iTunes, if you just want the audio. I make my own toy videos on YouTube, uh, just under Jay Bartlett. It's really simple. I don't have any cool, like, nickname or anything. <laughs> like, I'm just Jay Bartlett. And what else? Uh, Nintendo Quest is still on Amazon Prime. Um, and so it is the Power Tour which is our kind of sequel that no one really knows about where we tour the film and we kind of document all the hilarious hijinks we get into going across North America. Yeah. I was going to say, if you uh, have the super channel trial on prime as well, you can see your show. Yep. Um, that, that like, I don't have super channel on TV, but that's where I was able to uh, start catching it. Um, it's very exciting. Um, I, I mean, the last time we talked to you, you guys were priming up and just getting ready to do like pick up the final pieces and get ready for the auction. I think that was in February. We talked to you last on here. And yeah. so much has changed since then. Like the auctions went really well from what I saw on eBay and they, they did. They went great. Um, you guys are familiar obviously with heroes. Heroes is a uh, problems, a good buddy of ours. So he's like our home base. And uh, he got us in contact with the, the art studio across the street. I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head. But we were going to do it there. We're going to get, you know, Taz from FM96 was going to MC it and all that kind of stuff. And then COVID hit. So we were sitting on this TV series that had a due date of September for the network. And we didn't have an ending. So Rob and I are sitting there trying to write this ending. Like, what are we going to do? And I mean, write it as in come up with an idea, right? Because obviously it's all real what happens in it but uh rob came up with the online auction and we both really didn't want to do it but after i watched the final cut of it it turned out really well a lot better than i thought so um when it comes to toys um i i I know this this christmas is very very different than a lot of them because there's a lot less walking your child through the store and then be like, Hey, I want that GI Joe or Hey, I want that venom doll type of thing. Right. When you look at the, the properties that have been out for the last year, what are some things that kind of jump off the, uh, the top of your head as like good last minute, like the final 10 days gifts for like, maybe not the collector. We can do collectors as well, but the collector or the kid in all of us for the, this holiday season. One IP that I really find fascinating, although I do not collect it, it's by Mattel. And what they've done is they've crossed the WWE with Masters of the Universe in this really wild wrestling versus He-Man kind of crossover. I just think those are, are really kind of cool. It's not my thing, but I think that's like kind of a cool gag gift. You know, you can get Stone Cold Steve Austin. He has like Skeletor armor on and stuff like that, right? I think that stuff's really neat. 
Um, this is definitely the year for nostalgia. Uh, they brought back Joe in a big way, you know, 3.75 and six inch scale. So you can have either way. Hasbro again, brought out Ghostbusters, um, the plasma series, which is based off the original film. And then they also reissued the 1986 Kenner real Ghostbuster figures. So it's just, it's a wonderful year. I mean, there's something for everybody. What would you say, or like, what would your um, your recommendation be for, let's say, a ten to twelve year old looking to get into something cool this year, based off pretty much, like, if you were to eliminate Star Wars and Marvel, what what is like some things that draw your attention? Um, I think video games are the evolution of toys. And I say unfortunately because I don't think kids understand what toys are really anymore. Um, I would say like the Fortnite figures, but honestly, if you ask any kid, you know, a 12-year-old, 11-year-old, whatever, and say, hey, would you like $30 in V-Bucks or would you like this Skull Trooper figure? They want the V-Bucks. They want the virtual character of the game, right? Um, I, I think toys are for us. They're for our generation. Um, which is kind of really scary if you think about it because they're kind of being phased out, right? Yeah, uh, like um, when you walk by EB Games now compared to when you walked by 10, 15 years ago, like the there's collector items in the window that are definitely geared to people above the age of 30. And then there are Fortnite blasters, Fortnite super sledges, and just random nonsense that you wouldn't really like there's still pokemon and pokemon cards and all that stuff but even that's for adults now it's uh it's a very different time yeah i I think a lot of the stuff though (laughs) is like pokemon cards and even like some of the star wars toys and stuff like that it's the people that grew up with it so right now you know the, the stuff that's marketed like fortnite and minecraft those kids that are growing up with that they're going to be the ones wanting to collect these Fortnite Minecraft stuff, right? Um, or the the sequel Star Wars kind of things. Um, but for those of us that are older, we're going to be looking for those nostalgic toys, you know. And if they can create a life sized, you know, Luke Skywalker that looks real that I can buy and display on my shelf, then. I'm more likely to buy that than a kid who doesn't necessarily appreciate, you know, the, the quality of that toy, you know, like, um, like I said earlier in the show, I started, I've started purchasing some of the star Wars Lego as expensive as it is. It's, uh, things that one that I wanted as a kid. And now I'm in a position where I can financially afford it. But also, I appreciate the work that's gone into them. Like these are things like I enjoy building them. I have all of the um, the collectible, the collector series for the the helmets, the stormtrooper helmet, the tie fighter helmet, and Boba Fett's helmet. Oh, um, cool. right when when I was a kid, you know, I would just think that this is just another Lego set. But no, like I look at these, and well, Sean, you saw me when when I bought the stormtrooper one, right? Like. That was, I was excited for that. Not only because, yes, I'm going to get to build this and Lego is fun regardless of the age that you're, you are, but I was excited to be able to display that. And I think that's like 
the big difference with how toys have progressed, like Jay said, like they're for the, a lot of toys now are, are for the adults and like collectors and stuff like that. We've all, we've all grown up with Hasbro, right? And now we're all adults and we have adult jobs that give us adult paychecks and they know that, which is another reason why figures are price pointed at $29 now. Right. And they're not 10. You can't tell me like that much two inches of plastic makes that big of a difference. I don't think it does. Uh, they know they got us right where they want us. Right. And I mean, do you know anyone who's just, uh, you know, cut out collecting completely? Cause I don't, I don't know. Actually, I, I know someone who it's almost weekly, like multiple times a week. He has new things coming in. It's crazy. <laughs> like I make some, I make decent money doing what I'm doing, but I actually have other bills to pay. So I don't know where this guy's getting it, but it's, yeah. A lot of the people that I still talk to, you know, like around my age, um, that's what, that's where we're at. We're, we're buying these toys and we're buying these things to collect them and to display them and to be like, you know what? I have that. I grew, that's part of my childhood, but just re-imaged in a form that I can show off. So just one last point here real quick. I remember I would always talk to my mom and I'd say, you know, you know, she had paintings in the house. It was like a wolf or a duck or something like that. Right. And I always said, you know, mom, when I get my own house, I'm going to have all the star Wars posters on the wall. And I'm gonna have like the X-wing fighter. She's like, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. You're not a, you're not a kid, right? And I bet you, you go into any one of our houses, and they're pretty much all decorated pretty close to the same. You know what I mean? We have the stuff that means the world to us on this mm-hmm. one, right? Like the Falcon or whatever other iconic um, vehicle. You know? Yeah. All right, so I've got a question for you both then. Jay, I know this is going to be a little bit harder because you have a lot of the things that you already want. But is there a toy <laughs> set or, some, like, yeah, I guess a play set or an individual figure that you had in your childhood that, A, if you could go back in time and keep it in good condition, you would have brought it to today? Or if you could acquire it again, would you? Something that I used to have that I don't have now. Yes, but that you want again. Well, my favorite version of Luke is Jedi Knight Luke in the black from Return of the Jedi. And oddly enough, I don't have that vintage Kenner toy. My dog bit his head. Um, so he had like a big tooth mark going through his head. And I don't know why. I just never replaced that figure. So off the top of my head, I would like to get that again. That would be cool. Cool. David? Um, it's, it's something that I, I never actually had, but I always wanted. And you probably heard this once before there was the, um, the pod racer piggy bank. That was the star Wars episode one piggy bank. Same line as like the Obi-Wan Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn one, like the movies one. Um, but yeah, I have always wanted the one that was Anakin's pod racer because I thought that was like the coolest thing. And it, I, you couldn't I, play with it. I've never. Yeah, well, I've never, never once seen it in the flesh. Hmm. Did you go on eBay? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to look <laughs> on eBay. I don't, I don't blame you on that one, man. Some of these uh, things like I, I realized like that was one of the harder ones to find. Um, and so 
yeah, it's 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 one of those things that if I ever see it in person, then that's a sign to buy it. But I I've never actually like s- searched it out because yeah, I I was lucky enough that my mom. Why I'm into so many different toy lines is because my mom bought me everything. She, I was just one of those lucky kids. And one day, you know, I was a teenager and she's like, okay, your little cousins need some toys. So you got to get rid of some of these stuff. And, and I remember, so was it going to be Joe? Was it going to be Star Wars or Transformers? And I said, okay, well, you can give him the He-Man stuff. So the He-Man went to my cousins and I have a few He-Man figures. I don't have nearly as many as I used to, but yeah, I mean, that would be something I would like to get those back, but obviously that's more than one figure, mm-hmm. but it's a tragic story. <laughs> Um, for me, it's, it's a little bit different than I think where you guys are <laughs> definitely in the, this, the star Wars and Joe lands and everything. I would want my Ecto one back. I had an Ecto one and the, uh, the ghostbuster house playset, And it was pretty dope. Like it was like all four of the ghostbusters could hang out inside the house. And there was a little switch on the top and you can like make them ride down the pole it was the coolest toy set when I was a kid and it got damaged in a flood. It was just in our basement and it was under like, I want to say close to eight inches worth of water. And it just like, it was sewage back up. We just couldn't keep it. And I I'd kill to get those toys back again. Um, Brom usually has a couple ghostbuster play sets, the firehouse at heroes, man. That's not a tough one to get. Um, be about a hundred bucks. That's actually not, terrible if it comes with all four people <laughs> ecto one is the hard one because the plastic uh the car body is made um it's the same kind of plastic the nes is made so you get a lot of yellowing a lot of the ecto ones are yellowed like you know what i mean almost like it looks like cigarette stains but it's not mm-hmm. the plastic just changes color over time so that like was the super, super nintendo yellow yes yes <laughs> super same, nintendo same yellow is exactly it yeah same kind of thing it's too bad. Like I know right now there's this huge push on Ecto with uh, Lego and that place that's like three fifty, um, which is like, it's cool. It looks very collectible and it's a big play set like, or Lego set. Sorry. Um, but it's just like, do I want to spend that money on that? Like I remember and we were such abusive kids to our toys. We had um, the crash test dummy car and the two crash test dummies And the whole idea of this toy was to just wail it down a hall as hard as you could into a wall. And then the little dummy would eject, the roof would fly off, the wheels would go everywhere. And then the dog ate one of the wheels. And that was the end of that toy. Oh, yeah. Damn dogs. (laughs) But, like, amazing. Like, I I don't know if that was ahead of its time at the time, but it was just one of those things. I loved playing with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, my parents would just say, I would sit there for hours smashing this toy against the wall. (laughs) It just made no sense. (laughs) That's funny. All right, guys. Well, as much as I'd love to keep Jay for nine hours and do a bunch of episodes, I can't. We're also over time. So we want to thank Jay for coming on. Check out his show. Check out his YouTube. Check out his podcast. Type in his name to YouTube. I think if you spell it wrong, a psychic comes up. It's a little weird, but it's it's cool. (laughs) It's funny you mention that, man. It's He's actually an exorcist. <laughs> and he has, way, <laughs> he has way more subs than I do. So if you type in Jay Bartlett, it's not the guy exercising the demons. It's the dude with the long hair. That's me. 
opening up <laughs> toys. Yeah. I just, I just typed your name in randomly before we started the show because I was trying to look for uh, a clip from your first episode uh, to send David. And I was just like, this isn't him. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? But guys, yeah, check out Jay. Check out us. If you like what you're listening to, honestly, smash subscribe. Help us out. We'll help you out. And we will go over our cyber. Oh, actually, um, just quickly again, it was uh, Stefan and what was the other gentleman's name? Tom? Tom. Tom, yeah. We're, we're, we're very excited that you guys won Cyberpunk. Congratulations again. They're coming. We're, we're excited for you all. But uh, that is it for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jay. It's been a blast. Anytime, my friends. Anytime. All right, guys. We'll see you soon.